From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, weary traveler. Hang your cloak on a peg, grab a stool, and come gather around the fire. There are stories to be told, and you are among friends. Canada's Edgar Casey, remote viewer Dr. Douglas James Cottrell, returns to the program to discuss his visions regarding COVID-19, how it got started, how and when it will end, and what a post-pandemic might look like. Coming up in Hour 2, writer, journalist Matthew Swain from Penn State University will be here. He has a brand new book in his Haunted series. This one is Haunted Rails, Tales of Ghost Trains, Phantoms, Conductors, and Other Railroad Spirits. Now, this is somewhat coincidental. Last week, I mentioned that I've temporarily moved my home studio out from beneath the stairs and into the boys' classroom. That's where I am right now because I'm also doing Coast to Coast AM from home. And when I do Coast, that involves a little bit more equipment, another computer. And so I need more room to spread out. Uh, But from the classroom, Where I'm sitting now, you can hear the train rolling by just about every hour. And as I've said, we are situated about 200 meters from the CN tracks, which is one of the busiest rail corridors in the country right here in Thornhill. And I mentioned growing up in Brantford, uh, a mile from the old THNB line, Toronto-Hamilton-Buffalo Railway, and at night... I would fall asleep every night to the distant rumbling and the sound of a distant horn. A few days after the show last week, I felt compelled, just popped into my mind. I haven't heard from Matt Swain in a while. So I emailed him, Matt, how are you? What are you working on? And he wrote back, Richard, I've been meaning to get in touch. I've just finished a book on haunted railways. This stuff happens to me all the time, more and more, I find. Carlos Cagina is my technical producer. Ryan White is producing the live stream. And we are live streaming on my YouTube channel, Strange Planet. If you haven't checked it out, please do so. Just go to YouTube channel and search Strange Planet. And be sure to like and hit that red sub button. We are tantalizingly close to 20,000 subscribers. Now, before we get rolling... I want to wish a very, very happy birthday to the mighty Aphrodite, my lovely bride. Every year, she gets younger, more beautiful, and funnier. She makes me laugh every day. Every day, I I would say honestly, without fail, that I have known her. At some point in the day, she will have me in hysterics, laughing out loud. And I'll tell you a little secret. One of the reasons the Muddy Aphrodite and I, I think we're destined to be together. Now, I'm a big Leafs fan, huge. Since the time I was five, 1969, 51 years, diehard fan. And I got to be honest, I miss hockey so much. Uh, But the Mighty Aphrodite was almost born in Maple Leafs Gardens, Maple Leaf Gardens. True story. And one day I'll get her on the show to tell the rest of that story. All right, here we are, 
what is this, week six of the quarantine? I have lost uh, track. Anyway, I hope you're keeping well. But where did this all begin? Coronavirus. Was it an accident? Was it nature? Was it created in a lab as a bioweapon? Was someone working on a vaccine and the virus escaped? And then once the virtual global lockdown has finally ended, and let's hope it is soon, what will the post-pandemic world look like? Here to discuss is the man known as the man with x-ray eyes and Canada's Edgar Casey. Dr. Douglas James Cottrell is best known as a trans clairvoyant. He's a spiritual healer, a teacher, published author, who demonstrates many abilities studied by noetic sciences, the study of consciousness, including clairvoyance, telepathy, energy healing, remote viewing, prediction and prophecy. He's one of a select few able to demonstrate all of these abilities and even fewer who are considered a reliable information source. He teaches people the world over about spiritual development through the practice of meditation and the application of spiritual principles in daily life. And he is the author of numerous books, including Secrets of Life, The Complete New Age Health Guide, The New Earth, A Prophetic View of Our Future, Conversations with the Akashic Field, and Gems of Wisdom. Dr. Douglas James Cottrell, welcome back to The Conspiracy Show. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me back on. I, uh, uh, I appreciate being on the show tonight. And I trust you and your family are doing well. This is your introduction. It sounds like everyone's coping okay with this virus uh, lockdown. Pretty, uh, pretty well, I would say. Yes, uh, because you know we we're all kind of homebodies. We all work from home. The boys study from home. So as I keep saying, it's it's just steady as she goes with us. How are you doing? How are you managing? Well, there's myself and my son uh, uh, lives uh, with me, so we're kind of bachelors and we're making uh, do. Uh, actually, uh, I'm keeping busy talking to friends. I'm kind of uh, in that um, semi-retired uh, stage, and I've been keeping my head down uh, because of the horrendous uh, fear and anxiety around the world, but I am in constant contact with people in Europe, uh, in Spain in particular, uh, also across the U.S., and so I get to talk to my friends, but my income, like everybody else's, is on hold, and we're uh, doing quite well. We're comfortable, uh, largely because we've predicted that everybody uh, should have a, uh, a stock up of food, of uh, coins, of seeds, of uh, money, not to be in debt. Um, and so kind of taking my own advice, I've managed to do a few of those things. And uh, to have a little extra in the house uh, allows you to feel more comfortable. You don't have to uh, wonder where the next uh, uh, possible rush on groceries is going to happen. What we've seen so far in this uh, early stages of this uh, pandemic, uh, which I predicted on my radio show on Block Talk Radio in the early stages, in which we did something in in early February on YouTube video, that uh, people are kind of surprised that this happened. There was that sort of the five stages of grief going on. And first there was a denial, then there was anger, then there was, you know, surprise or, or desperation and, and panic. And so we're, we're kind of getting towards the end of that where we're trying to be a little more 
uh, hopeful and not so much in denial, but the reality of what's happened is set in. So I've been keeping busy uh, talking to my friends, and some of them have had uh, losses in their lives, uh, like people in their 40s have passed away. Fortunately, I don't know anyone who has passed away as a child yet. Um, however, you know, there are strange things happening, and my heart goes out to those people in Nova Scotia who uh, were uh, uh, attacked by a, a crazy, monstrous man. And as such, you know, this feeling of compassion and unity and caring for one another seems to be the spiritual lesson and the practice of what's going on right now. So I've talked to a, a dream analyst from Montreal, the Dream Institute, uh, recently, Craig Webb, and um, Lex Lonehood, who's the web producer at Coast to Coast, recently wrote a book on the dreamscape and and how he's written an article, how dreams are being impacted by the coronavirus. So as someone who, who has visions, um, are you noticing for you personally that they are being impacted, even your dreams, by uh, the, the, uh, the pandemic? Well, I recently had a guest on my show from Rhode Island who told me that he's had some amazing spiritual experiences, visitations, talking to relatives and friends who have passed over, to uh, prophetic dreams where he, uh, in one dream he had recently, where he saw the people in Europe gathering in large numbers on green grass. The grass was so vivid that it was stood out in the dream. And they were all uh, communicating with each other. They were happy to be alive. They were uh, rejoicing that they could be with each other. So those kinds of vivid dreams or visions uh, are happening to a lot of people that I know. And I think this is the time in the biblical sense when you remember the prediction about in the, in the end times, uh, old men will come forth with uh, visions and young men will come forth dreaming dreams of the future. Well, that seems to be what's going on now, but, you know, it's always that psychological uh, in, uh, impact and also the reality that when people are frightened, when they have trauma in their life, when great woe comes into the world, we do reach out to the great beyond. And I think that's what's going on now. People are looking through their dreams and through their visions for the truth, the information. They want to know what's going to happen, and they want to know, are they going to be safe? I mean, it's terrible if you're over 50. You have that in the back of your mind that you're, you know, on the front line that this virus is going to get you because it goes after older people. Seems to be true statistically. And people who are in institutions who are there as patients as well as those who are working there, that's like walking into uh, uh, the front lines of any battle every day. And my hat's off to the courage of our nurses and doctors and healthcare workers and first, uh, first responders all over the world who have daily gone into the devil's den and hope that when they come home that they wouldn't be bringing that virus home to them. And so this time of fear, this time of uncertainty, this time of isolation, it's perfect for people to reach up and seek the higher dimensions reaching up to the heavens above, 
prayer is always out there. And of course, when you pray, you ask God for something or some saint or some deity above. And in times of great need, it's usually the case that they respond. And dreams and visions are a way of getting those communications to the rest of us here down in, the, in this dimension we call the world. So, Douglas, the, the, the one thing that I think many, many people really want to find out, and uh, that is the how this thing got started. Have you attempted to remote view uh, or using quantum meditation techniques, have you attempted to determine how this coronavirus got started? Uh, my friend Tom from Ramstein Regalen's YouTube channel, <clears throat> uh, it was on February 15th, he posted of this year uh, the answer to that question. Uh, later on, on March 23rd, uh, there was a uh, most authoritative uh, paper uh, on viruses concluded that what I had said in that video was pretty accurate. If people so on, to, uh, on February the 15th, you were in a trance meditative state, yeah, and, and you, you were asked the question about the to remote view the origin of the the virus right and as I was about to say uh, the question was concerning China it wasn't the world it was concerning this virus in China so we were in the early early stages which was an epidemic rather than a pandemic and in that uh, communication I said that there was a building not far from Wuhan in which there were people who were manipulating the virus the coronavirus uh, has been known since 1964. Uh, there was a lady, Amelia, uh, uh, June Amelian, I think is her name, in the UK, who actually named the virus back then. So it was being manipulated and uh, uh, experimented on. And uh, in that particular uh, uh, session, I was saying with small animals, it said fowl, chickens, and small animals, which I now have concluded meant would mean bats. Uh, bats seem to be the carrier of uh, many, if not all, of the viruses. And during that time, uh, something went awry, and uh, either the animals or the, avir- the virus escaped from that uh, secure facility. It called it a building. And recently, uh, in the news, uh, somewhere I saw that there was a building about a, a, a kilometer or two away from the center of the breakout in the city of Ulan, and as such, there it was, a square building that was forecast in that session. As I said, independently, an authoritative uh, researcher or uh, written a paper about it and concluded that it was a mistake, a, an accident. It was not a weapon. Uh, I know some people um, might be out there thinking it absolutely was, but, uh, you know, I've been on the show many times where people have objected to objected to what I've said, but I'm not giving my opinion. I'm giving what I was seeing intuitively. And so this virus was created in a building in an attempt to research how to destroy other viruses and ended up creating this monster. All right. So that that certainly squares with information that came out of... uh, I don't know if they were named sources within U.S. intelligence that that, um, quite recently, certainly since February 15th, have said, yes, they have concluded that it did come from that level four 
bio uh, lab in Wuhan. So, you, but you were saying this, and it's on record on a YouTube video on February the fifteenth, and people can go back and uh, and and search that. Um, and now I, I, so, I'm going to qualify that and say that it was only asking about China. And during that session, it said that it was going to spread out. Hundreds of thousands of people would be affected. About 40% of the Chinese population would be affected. And it was going to go from Japan to Africa. It said it would go other places, but it was not specific uh, that it would become a world pandemic because the reading or the question was only asked what was going to happen in China. So please don't uh, nitpick with me, my friends, but we were talking about what was going to happen in China and so far, everything in that uh, YouTube video has come true. Uh, so, do you were you able to remote view how it escaped the uh, the level four lab in Wuhan? Well, again, uh, Tom didn't uh, further the specifics, but it kept. Re- I think it referred to it twice that it went out the door, or it escaped out the door. It used the term the door. And uh, in that in that cryptic way that uh, it, it talks, it, I mean, it's pretty straightforward, but sometimes it drops hints and somebody should pick up on them, and he didn't. It used that, escaped out the door. So there was an accident. Something happened where the virus got out the door. I believe the in a recent dream I had about 10 days ago, this virus is intelligent. It can select people. Now, that might sound absolutely ridiculous, It might sound impossible, but again, from my dream, it was you would go into a room where somebody on one side of the room would have the virus, and it would migrate across the room to someone on the other side of the room, and the person in the middle or the people in the middle wouldn't be affected. So I I throw that out because it came to me in a dream. Uh, And again, I've had lots of little dreams about how this uh, affected this this virus response. It is temperature sensitive. So if you throw your mask in the microwave, you'll probably kill the germs. And if you throw your mask in the freezer, it'll probably kill the germs. But don't quote me on that. But the virus is, is temperature sensitive. I was told that in a dream. But the fact is that it can somehow select people. It makes, uh, makes sense where some people are Affected. Some people carry it and they're not affected, and I think that has to do with the immune system. That's my opinion. But in that dream or that that communication, that's what I was told. I mean, I went on. Uh, I've been out and I've said to people about other things about using uh, antiseptics uh, and uh, uh, you know all, all kinds of things to wash yourself when you first came out. To 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 uh, the virus is sensitive to antiseptic. Even simple um, gargling with mouthwash would help, but uh, there were specific things, as I was saying on my uh, uh, on my Friday night show, that are now coming out in their commonplace. But this was again back in in uh, mid to late February and into early March. But that's the dream I had that this thing has some some ability to seek out and find vulnerable people, like from one side of the room to the other. Does not make sense intellectually. And certainly you would think if, if there were air droplets going out in the air, it would affect everybody in the room. But apparently it doesn't. But, but it was bioengineered, but not as a bioweapon, but in order to combat other coronaviruses, 
but it was engineered. So, right. which is interesting, because yeah. one of the things that we are hearing now is that people that have had it recovered have produced antibodies, and of course, the antibodies are uh, are supposedly being could be harvested and then used to help someone else. Uh, but now we're hearing that those people that had it developed the antibodies for it could get it again. So yeah, it does seem to be, um, dare I say, wicked smart. Uh, Douglas, we will uh, take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll talk about what the world might look like uh, post-pandemic. But before we get to that, we'll also find out if you've had any visions regarding when this nightmare might end. Douglas James Cottrell, my guest, douglasjamescottrell.com, the website, back with more of The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Stay with us. Where there's smoke, there's The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back. Dr. Douglas James Cottrell, remote viewer. Canada's Edgar Casey is with us. DouglasJamesCottrell.com, the website, C-O-T-T-R-E-L-L, DouglasJamesCottrell.com. All right, so um, before I ask you about, you know, when this is going to end, if you've had any uh, revisions or you've been able to remote view into the future regarding this, uh, what what sort of visions are you getting just in general about um, our future regarding, you know, the pandemic? Well, is this going to get, is this going to get worse? Is it going to burn out? Is it going to be coming in waves? In this book, The New Earth, it has a lot about what's going to happen. And pardon me for being uh, a little uh, self-promotion on that. That book was written in 2011, 2011. What's going to happen is that this is a, uh, you know, the Mayan calendar talked about uh, December 2012, right, changing. Well, I've been saying to people, what's eight years or ten years, you know, at, uh, in, in the scheme of a millennium? This is what's happening. The world is changing. The way we do business is changing. We are headed towards a recession, if not a depression. Big business is not going to recover from this quickly. It's going to take a long time. Uh, there is a possibility of a second wave of this virus coming back. Not necessarily in the fall, it could happen sooner, but it will come back if people rush to get the economy started. The economy is in huge uh, difficulty right now. Uh, it's going to take a lot of time for the medium and small businesses to catch up, but they're going to do better than the big businesses. Farmers are already plowing under their seedlings because they can't get help. They can't get immigrant workers. Um, there's already announcements made in this country about uh, from the agricultural people saying, expect higher vegetable prices in the fall and fewer variety. So we have to prepare ourselves. You know, the readings and, and over the last 40 years have been saying gold, silver coins are things of value and try to get out of debt and seeds and, and gemstones. Well, all of a sudden, Richard, I don't know if you're a gardener, but uh, there are people buying seeds. You can't buy them some places and people are starting a victory garden. That's a good thing because it's therapeutic. But on the other hand, it's the, it's the psyche, it's the mentality 
that we're moving towards, you know, cooperating and, and growing our own food, etc. It might sound simplistic, but that's the direction we have to go. We have to take care of ourselves and come together. So what's going to happen in, in this time? I think you asked me what's going to happen after. Uh, it's going to be a struggle. Uh, there is going to be, uh, again, more uh, cooperation in the world. But again, there are those people who are taking advantage of this situation, and there's going to be a wave of litigation for people who have been gouging and taking advantage and trying to take over vulnerable companies, etc. But the people ourselves, we're going to survive. We're going to see more at-home education, more at-home uh, communication, more at-home businesses. Uh, it's been out there, and I've said this myself really, that... Uh, uh, executives who fly around to do business no longer need to do that now that we have this virtual meeting world. Uh, there's a program called Zoom that's coming out here where people are meeting and it's catching on like uh, a gangbusters where people can communicate with several people at the same time. So we're headed in that virtual reality of being apart but together. And the spiritual lesson here is that we are going to be supportive of one another. We're going to appreciate talking to one another and we're going to love one another in the sense that what's really important is talking to each other, caring to each other. Do you see any serious disruption to the to supply chains here in Canada regarding uh, food? So, for example, in the United States, there has been some suggestion that uh, in the summer there could be some dis- uh, some disruption to the supply of meat. Uh, what about up here in Canada or in the United States? Any serious supply chain issues regarding food? Absolutely. I was hesitant whether I would bring that up tonight, but uh, there is going to be a mysterious uh, uh, disease that's going to go through cattle, dairy cattle in particular. It's not my prediction that somebody else had a dream about that. And I've had other uh, indications intuitively myself. Uh, there will be interruptions, not necessarily from disease or sickness, but also from weather and from volcanic activity. There's going to be volcanic ash in the air, which is going to cause disruptions in the growing season and transportation. The answer to that is yes. So, again, for about the one gazillionth time, uh, please have enough uh, supplies in your house for several weeks, if not several months. Try to have some things you can barter with, maybe lighters or maybe some silver coins, whatever. I do see that on kitco.com to try to buy gold or silver coins that they've been sold out. So people are going that general direction. Toilet paper you don't really need, believe me. (laughs) I remember when I was a kid, we had the yellow pages. Of course, we don't have the yellow pages anymore. Oh, well. So the point being is uh, that, with all kidding aside, yes, there's going to be disruptions in meats. Absolutely correct. What about um, any retribution for China? Because it has been now widely, I think, established that they covered up the, uh, for example, human-to-human transmission. Uh, They said it wasn't an issue. The World Health Organization echoed that uh, time and time again. They seem to be almost covering for uh, for China. 
And now there is, well, there have been lawsuits. I believe the attorney general in the state of Missouri has launched a, a, a lawsuit against China. Uh, will they be forced to pay damages, which could be in the trillions? The short answer is no. Uh, China has been sending plane loads of uh, PPE and other things to everyone in the world. Uh, everybody's banging on their door, uh, wanting supplies that China has been manufacturing and and has been, to some degree, supplying just about everyone they could. Uh, China is an entity onto its own. Uh, in order to sue someone, there has to be someone, like a world court, that's going to say guilty or not guilty. That's just not going to happen. So as much as our American friends can sue in American courts, uh, the reality is that not much is going to happen. The president constantly says that the president of China is his good friend and buddy. Uh, this is its just an exercise in futility. It, it might be psychologically beneficial if people say, yes, they're going to pay. But remember, the story is that the local people in Wuhan were the ones that suppressed this and sent that doctor, I, I apologize not knowing his name, back to work when he broke the story. He became the, the, the Chinese whistleblower. And for his courageous effort of going up against the regime and speaking to power, he was insulted, demoted, and sent back to work where he died. But because of his death, uh, it was the information came out, and the local uh, politicians, if I can call them that, they were all fired by the, uh, the, the Chinese regime, and they were they were dishonored. That's about as far as it's going to get. But uh, insulting China right now at a time when we still need supplies, uh, personal protective equipment, and other mechanical equipment from them, uh, it's not a good idea, in my humble opinion. Right. Um, will there be a restructuring, though, of supply chains? In other words, are we going to learn our lesson? What do you see in the future in terms of supply chains? So, for example, we are in North America, we are very dependent upon China for the manufacturing of many drugs. Uh, is that going to change? Are we going to learn our lesson here and start producing these at home? Well, businessmen are always practical, and they adapt, and wherever they can uh, make some money, I'm not going to say profiteering, but whenever they can make money and there is a huge demand, they will do that. Now, when there's supply interruptions or when there's governmental interference or the government will uh, to uh, affect export-import, then people locally will do things. But to gear up to manufacturing is going to be very hard. In this country, General Motors is gone forever. After 109 years of making cars or car parts in Canada, they are gone. They're never going to come back. And some of the industries that are now on the verge of collapse or have collapsed, like our oil industry in Alberta, is non-existent now. With oil prices down at $10 a barrel or whatever it was, all the little uh, marginal oil, call them oil companies, drillers and and suppliers and and, and, and the oil patch, they're gone. They're gone forever. 
and I think I was on your show last time when I mentioned that people, uh, the oil people in Alberta were fleeing to Texas because of the uh, political climate and because of the circumstances. They're never going to come back. So some industries that are, are very dependent upon will need to be recreated. But my image is I see people pumping like, uh, like those old-style uh, railroad track cars where you had two men pumping along and a little vehicle running down the track. So I'm going to take that to mean that we're going to work hard and work together and we're on track. But as we move into the future, there's going to be more uh, specialized uh, manufacturing. We are going to continue to move away from uh, you know, fossil fuels and we're going to get into not only electric and wind power, but we're going to get into rocket power. In the future, vehicles will run by rocket power. How far away that is, I don't know. But Interesting. All right, Douglas, stay put. We'll take another time out, come back. We'll talk about the possibility of a, uh, a security state, a national security state. Someone would say, well, that's been with us for a long time. But will that intensify surveillance, tracking, mandatory vaccines? My conversation with... Canada's Edgar Casey, Dr. Douglas James Cottrell, continues on the other side. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show. Big Brother is listening, and so are you, to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back. Uh, Douglas, how much longer are we going to be in, in quarantine in, in Canada? I, at least till the summer. The kids won't be going back to school till the fall. I think that's been, I said that right away, and uh, I think that's pretty evident. So in Canada, uh, I think they're going to start to let the brakes off, uh, you know, end of May, 1st of June. And there will be some capitulation by uh, Trudeau and uh, Mr. Ford, and that uh, people are going to say it's summertime and the cottage country, et cetera. So there's going to be, because of that, uh, and because the virus is heat sensitive, I think that the amount of reported cases are going to are going to go down. So I'm I'm saying I haven't got anything clearly 100% set, but I think we're going to be out of, out of this by the end of May, the first of June. There'll be some uh, experiments, and we're all watching what's going on in Georgia and uh, Florida and those states that are basically uh, taking the gloves off and and running into the into the wild open spaces right now. And depending if they do well, then it'll help shorten it down. I, I think there's going to be a second wave if people rush into it. But, you know, opening the businesses is one thing, but getting the people to actually go to the businesses is another, and people are, are pretty smart. I want to uh, mention that the kids that are going through this right now, they are never, ever, ever going to forget this time. This is a time that older people like me, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be around for 10, 20 more years, uh, but those kids that are like 8, 9, 10 to 15 and older are never, ever going to forget this. I and mean, those are the people that are going to change the world. And, and I've said this humorously uh, several times on the air. Next year, or the end of this year, there are going to be more Capricorns born in the world, the world over, than any other astrological sign because of this stay-at-home quarantine. And because of that, Capricorns are business people. So we have a whole generation of business people coming on who are going to have the same birthday somewhere between the middle of December and the middle of January. Think about that, my friends. <laughs> okay. So Interesting, yeah. 
we are, Capricorns we are, are problem solvers. I'm a Capricorn, and we're problem solvers. That's what I've always been told. That's that's Capricorns are the absolute best sign. Just because I was born in, at the end of December has got nothing to do with my bias. <laughs> of course not. Of course not. <laughs> but this is this is nature. Nature has been rebelling. Okay, this is nature's way of saying wake up and to shock the people. And at the same time, uh, you know, given the credit that astrological signs have some merit, that there, there's going to be certain influences for Capricorn people coming in the world, no time in history has there ever going to been, uh, will there have ever been so many people born under the same astrological sign. Think about that. So we're going to get out of this soon. The virus is going to be with us forever. This is like the measles or smallpox or any of those other ones like AIDS and uh, uh, where, uh, yeah, no, I was going to say, we're, anyway, I can't think of it. When, when I was a kid, it'll come to me where we had uh, polio. They're oh, always yes. going to be there, but it's going to be suppressed. So the way out of this is to keep your immune system healthy, take, uh, take those uh, uh, supplements that, that that beef it up, but try to keep your system alkaline, more alkaline than acidic, and you can do that by taking a litmus paper, go on the internet and find out how to do that, because viruses have a tough time living in an alkaline uh, state in the body. I predicted that back when the AIDS scare was going on, and I made a presentation in Toronto. So alkaline in your body is, is number one. Are we going to get out of this? Yes, because look what was going on the internet. People were inventing bandanas with buttons on so the nurses could hook their 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 uh, mask on without burning their ears off. People were singing the, and, and from their balconies. They were applauding the, the, the people out in the front lines with from their balconies, or they were um, uh, the fire engines were going up. That's the human spirit that's being woken up. This is a dark time, and Richard, I think you should pat yourself on the back, calling this a wicked virus, okay, a wicked smart virus, rather. You coined that tonight, and I think that's accurate, but the human spirit is, is rising up, because this is a time when we have an opportunity. We hear that bell that's being rung and to try to work together. I think that, you know, after worldwide, there's almost 3 million people reported, and then there's uh, something like 200,000 deaths because of this. This can stop. But we have to work together to do this. And that brotherhood and sisterhood of humankind that bubbled up during this crisis, during this time of great, great woe, this is what is going to save us. And those little kids that are going through this, that are learning uh, through school, through their computer, and the interaction that's happening electronically, that's making their minds work differently than the rest of us who were sort of, you know, made to sit in a seat in a, in a chair in a classroom. This interaction uh, globally is is the most beneficial thing. It's breaking down the bias and prejudice. And on many times on your show, and I've made predictions about the future, I said the military are the ones that are going to come to the rescue. And look what's happened. The military's coming to the rescue, not with guns, but with ships and supplies and airplanes full of, of medical equipment. All right, uh, we have to take a we have to take a time out here. Excellent. All right, we'll uh, take a time out. Come back one final segment with Dr. Douglas James Cottrell remains, and uh, just a reminder: coming up after the top of the hour, journalist writer Matt Swain on haunted railways. 
on The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. My name is Richard Serrett. Where there's smoke, there's The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Uh, Douglas, one of the things that concerns me the most uh, is that a freedom once given up under the guise of security or health is very difficult to get back. And uh, while I think most politicians and leaders are well-meaning, there's that old expression, never let a crisis go to waste. And my fear is that we have been very cooperative, very willing to give up freedoms. And I think some of them might be a little difficult to get back. And I'm worried about things like tracking systems. I know they can track us already if they want to, but enhanced tracking, apps and so forth. They'll say, you know, all the... Another pandemic is on its way. We we need to uh, we need to track everyone. We need to track the contagion. Uh, more surveillance, less privacy than we even have now. Uh, mandatory vaccines. All of these things. What do you see in that regard? I think all of the above is correct, Richard. Um, uh, I've seen things in the future where uh, every you know, like that little cell phone I keep in my pocket. It's a spy, <laughs> okay? Uh, it can tell my body temperature. It can tell if my heart's beating. It can tell if I'm moving or stationary. It can tell which side of the car I'm sitting in. It can tell how fast I'm driving my car. That's all happening now. And so with this idea that, uh, that there was something about having a, uh, uh, a, a few, if you tested, um, if you had antibodies, then, then you could get a travel passport. Well, here we go again, restriction, restriction. If some people can get it for some reason, then other people can't get it for another reason. Uh, We have to be very on guard. You're uh, you're 100% right in in your uh, suggestions or your contemplation. Uh, I've seen a totalitarian thing coming forward. Out of necessity, more and more people will give up their, their human rights. This vaccine that will come, there will be a poor one here, probably before September, and it'll be like, if you want to go back to work, you have to take this. And so people will do whatever they have to do to survive. Unfortunately, sometimes they will do things that they know it's not right or it's against their will. But we're in a situation now, we're taking government money, and Canada has been very forthcoming and generous with money. Uh, People in nursing homes, I've seen also children's homes are going to be next on the hit list for, oh my God, look what's happening there. And the last uh, group of people, the infirm, the mentally challenged, and things like that, they're forgotten about. But we have our consciousness, we we have to take care of these people. By taking care of them, then we're going to take care of ourselves. And that kind of mentality will get us out of this situation. But I can't see anything positive like, uh, uh, you know, Take take the vote that's coming up in November. Is it going to be a paper vote, which would be absolutely the best, or is it going to be something else? People were forced to go and vote in, in the last election that was happening a few months ago someplace in the U.S., and people reported that they, were, they contacted the virus. That kind of uh, forced um, removing your liberty, God bless those people who had the courage to go and vote because it was their... Their, their right to do so. But look what happened. They forced people to put themselves in jeopardy. And that's going to continue under the disguise 
as you so appropriately put it, as you know, being protective or our civil liberties have to be, you know, uh, uh, for temporary purposes, we have to to uh, stop them. There was a fellow in Europe, I, I forget, was he in Hungary, where he has proclaimed himself the uh, dictator or the ruler uh, for um, that he can rule by degree because of the pandemic. That's outrageous. But you're right on the money. That's going to happen more and more around the world. In our country, uh, not so much. <laughs> well, let's hope. I mean, I find it disturbing that the, that our prime minister is 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 not. Um, it pe- people are. Uh, this is disturbing to me that the fact that people don't think the question period in Parliament is important and that we shouldn't have a functioning Parliament is outrageous. Uh, there, there have to be a way. Why don't they open up the uh, the hockey rink in in Ottawa and and uh, you could fit three hundred and what's the number of uh, MPP uh, MPs three hundred and thirty eight or whatever it is you could fit them in a sixteen seventeen thousand seat arena and fra- you know the social distancing would be uh, incredible you'd have twenty feet around everybody they have to Parliament has to meet in a, in a functioning democracy or it's not a functioning democracy don't you agree? I, I agree, and you know what would happen? There wouldn't be all that hoo-pa-pa and screaming and hollering and acting like adolescent kids when somebody got up in the opposition and went to talk. That would disappear in an arena like that. I like your idea. <laughs> oh, seriously, yes, they can have a functioning parliament. They could sit down in their offices and go on Zoom and talk to each other the way everybody else is learning how to do. There's this is ridiculous to say they cannot do it. I think our prime minister, although I admire him and I admired his father, he's lost control. I think that's what's going on. All right. So, Douglas, you mentioned off the top that you're sort of uh, you're winding things down. You said you're in, in semi-retirement. Um, but are you still available for uh, sessions with people if they want uh, you know, a remote viewing session or or whatnot. Are you still doing that online? I'm not really. I'm I'm going to. I have students I've been teaching over the last while, including yourself. You've been super on on the radio shows where you've been able to remote view things. So I'm going to sign up some students should that eventuality happen, and sort of direct them to uh, people who are younger and able and capable. I'm 70. Uh, I got to tell you this. This pandemic time to stay at home time I've had a life I can do things like fix something I've got, I've got a lot done around the house that I've been putting off for years so in all seriousness I will talk to people uh, on the uh, on the phone um, but if we're doing the deep trance uh, uh, meditations and we have some younger people we haven't got that set up yet but I would encourage people you want to know what's going on I'm going to hold my book up again and say go get this book it's called The New Earth it was written in 2011. It tells you all about what's going to happen. And the time I wrote it, Richard, people wouldn't, friends of mine wouldn't read it. They said it was too scary. And I said, it's the truth. So we're going to teach people how to meditate. We're going to have, uh, have students who may be able to do readings. And maybe I'll start doing uh, lectures about dreams and visions and other things that go bump in the night because I really like that. But, um, you know, I got to say that uh, uh, this time at home has been quiet, but 
every day I'm talking to people who are friends who are in jeopardy and they need to go to the hospital or I tell them to go because they, they, they don't want to go because they're afraid to go to the hospital. I say, you have to go. You cannot breathe. You've got to go. Three or four people this week and managed to save their life that way. So, but anyway, getting back to the question, I, I don't really want to do deep trance meditations. It takes a lot to do them, uh, a lot of energy, and we have some people in California and uh, Virginia, and we have uh, a couple of people in Ontario that are able and capable, not just the same as me, but they're coming along, and I'd be more than pleased to refer to people that way should they want that. Otherwise, I'm still available on the phone, and people can talk to me, and you know, and and I'll. It's, it's I belong to the Godfather, right? And the only way out of this business is in a box. So I got to keep on talking and helping wherever I can. And uh, they can contact you through the website. Yeah, DouglasJamesCottrell.com. And uh, you know, I do my blog talk radio on Fridays. It's amateur radio compared to your uh, very professional radio. And uh, uh, again, there's um, uh, books to be bought, uh, all kinds of books, and then. Just about just the end of my life coming up, so I'll do some lectures for the next five or ten years, and that'll be it for me. So if, you, if people wanted to talk to me for a reading, if it's an urgent case, I'll, I'll be glad to help them. But I hope to have in line students that will take over and do the deep trance meditation. You know, pass the torch, like get your Casey to Ross Peterson, Ross Peterson to me. Do you have a successor in mind? Is there one student in particular, and you think this is the next Douglas James Cottrell? I have several potential people who have come up with fantastic things, but I haven't been able to say, ha-ha, that's the one. So I will do like Ross did to, to uh, myself at the time. He sent some people out to me. I, they reported back to him, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down, and more people were thumbs up. And so I got more sessions from them. So that's how it will be. There are some very good people out there. And, you, you know, you, you said to, uh, earlier in the show that, you were getting dreams and whatever. Of course you were, because you've been developing yourself. Those remote view experiments we did were fantastic. The one with the airplane that you saw specifically, uh, that the students that, that took my class in Texas, I might have one more class, I don't know yet, but the, the students were very impressed by uh, how you did that, as I'm sure a lot of your friends were. And, um, you know, usually your relatives go like, ah, lucky guess, but that was a true remote viewing experiment where you saw that model airplane on my desk and you were hundreds of kilometers away and you didn't know what it was. So there's potential. But keep track, keep it right, right down in the dream dictionary uh, uh, directory every day and you too will be able to see the same things that I see because truth is available to everybody. It doesn't come down to select individuals. It, it, it's kind of like rain. It comes down to everybody. Most people have an umbrella up and they're not listening. You take that umbrella down, and the rain comes on you, and you can see very clearly. And you have the gift. Thank you, my friend. And, Douglas, when we get past all of this uh, nonsense on the other side, let's, um, let's do a remote viewing experiment again, if you're, if you're good for that. In the meantime, the website, douglasjamescottrell.com. Thank you, my friend. Always a pleasure, Richard. Stay safe. God bless everyone. May I wish you peace and prosperity to everybody. Good night. All right. Good night. All right, Matt Swain on the other side. Haunted Railways on The Conspiracy Show.